Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Librocubicalist. Today is a podcasting day. Oh, boy. Not necessarily exciting. What is exciting is that I'm recording this on a Monday, which is unusual. Normally I record on um, uh, Wednesdays, but uh, I had the day off for my very first official vacation day of my new job. So I thought I might as well take advantage. I'm sitting around here at home. Might as well record a podcast. Might as well say that there will be spoilers because within this podcast, the possibility of spoilers is high. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Another thing that I like to say at the top of just about every show, probably every show, is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps... You pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps. You rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as those are things that help podcasts, and this is one. And if you want to help, that's how you could do so. Hmm. It's just that easy. Uh, I think all of that said will take us into me pushing a button that will start the podcast like this. Today's movie monologue sponsor is uh, Everything is the Color Blue Alternate Universe Painting Company. Thank you for sponsoring this, you lovely, lovely sponsor you. This movie monologue, in which I only have three movies, a little light in the load, Mm -hmm. Um, had a busy weekend reorganizing a basement, so didn't have much time for movie watching. However, did manage to squeeze in a film by the name of Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. As you may be aware, the missus is a little bit of a horror movie fan. So, uh, scoping out the Netflix and came across this one, and uh, it seemed to be somewhat interesting. Let me read you the imbida, as I like to do. A young girl sent to live with her father and his new girlfriend believes that she has released creatures from a sealed ash pit in the basement of her new home. My first question there is, what is an ash pit? Presumably, it is a pit filled with ashes. However, did houses have pits in which (laughs) ashes were deposited? Was that a thing back in the day? 
mm, I, I guess if we trust this movie, and there's no reason we shouldn't, uh, there was indeed pits full of ash in the basement of houses. Seems strange, and I'm not sure if I believe that was a thing or not. Anyways, uh, movie stars Katie Holmes as the stepmom of the not-evil variety, so that's uh, nice. And then uh, a bunch of other people. One sort of thing that happened, I guess it was in like the first five minutes, was uh, there was a scene on a plane. I forget what the circumstances were. <coughs> it wasn't burping. And um, behind, I think it was the little girl, uh, was Guillermo del Toro, who... Uh, somewhat impressed with myself, which is why I bring it up. Uh, apparently he was the writer of this. Probably could have used his hand in the director's chair as well, because uh, I think he would have made this a much better movie than it was. That being said, why don't I, before I forget, throw out my rating, which will say... Three out of five. Three out of five, which uh, I use for enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't watch again. It falls into that category. There was a, a few scares, some some interesting tidbits throughout, but overall, not very good and not very scary. So, right in the middle. Um, one sort of little cool nod that they had in this, which I don't even know why I bring it up, is something called a... Uh, fairy circle, <coughs> which would be, I guess, a, <laughs> I was going to say that's a good name for a gay bar, but I'm not going to say that because that is offensive. <coughs> Anyways, a uh, fairy circle is, um, well, Google it yourself, maybe throw in the word mushroom just to be safe. Uh, it's a sort of strange phenomenon, and I don't think scientists know why it happens. It's where mushrooms sort of grow in this circle. Uh, it was thought to be way back when a uh, sort of door to the to the fairy realm. Mm. Um, so that's that's where you're at with this movie. Let's move on to movie the second called Sexy Baby. Uh, this is a documentary and horrifying. <laughs> you know what? This it's kind of funny. This documentary scarier to me than the first movie. Uh, the actual horror movie. Let me read the imbida for this one. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Uh, an ex-adult film star, a 12-year-old girl, and a 22-year-old who yearns for normal, private... Who yearns for normal, private parts are chronicled in this, oh yeah, thought-provoking doc about how porn, social media, and pop culture affect women and girls. So, uh, basically, it's a documentary about just that, um, how women are portrayed in today's media and society, and how that is affecting uh, young girls in particular. Uh, the horror, for me, comes less in the fact that I don't have kids or plan to have kids, but if I had a girl, uh, a, a girl daughter, and watch this movie, I would just be... <laughs> scarred for life because some of the things and I've even seen this since I was in high school in the 90s uh, girls in high school today compared to girls in high school in the 90s just totally different totally totally different from many aspects but uh, what's covered in this movie is the sort of sexualized uh, always sort of exposed to 
if not sex, scantily clad, and I don't know. It's uh, I, I don't think it can be healthy. Uh, that being said, it, it <laughs> from the point of view of a, a teenage boy, would I rather be around in these days and times with these particular girls, or uh, back when I was in school where... Uh, sex wasn't oozing out of every sort of media format. I don't know. I don't know. Um, did I get a rating? I'd go four to five. Yeah, four to five, just for the shock value alone. Uh, it's definitely something that uh, I think parents should watch and maybe try to curtail some of the stuff that's happening. Man, I sound like such an old man. I never thought I would sound like that, but but Jesus, watch this movie. Okay, uh, moving to the last and final film called Parallels. Mm, it's probably my favorite of these movies. I'm also going to give it a four out of five. has to do with... Uh, I'll just give you the gist, since as you uh, heard, we're basically out of time, and I'm just pushing the limits of time. Um, there's this building that jumps between parallel worlds. If you are in the building at the time, you jump with the building. And uh, the whole story sort of revolves around that. Because I'm out of time, I'm not really going to go into it too much other than to say uh, I like this sort of idea. Anything parallel worldy, uh, for example, the television show Sliders, anything like that always sort of fascinating to me. And that the, the sort of really taking it to the extreme idea uh, and this is a not a theory, but well, yeah, sure, maybe a theory of some scientists that uh, out there exist parallel universes where even minor changes um, would create a whole new universe. So, for example, uh, if I continue this podcast uh, and finish up talking and recording, that would be one universe. If I say pause right now and uh, go get a chocolate chip cookie. Uh, which I don't actually have, that would create a new universe. If I were to say the word pumpernickel versus the word uh, woodpecker, each of those decisions to say each of those words would create a whole new universe where the only difference was I said pumpernickel instead of woodpecker. Folks, pumpernickel woodpecker, I do believe, may be the title of this episode. Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is the Don Draper Sanitarium for the Not Necessarily Criminally Insane. Mmm... Okay, so, uh, we're going to talk about Mad Men. The television program Mad Men. Or Mad Men, if you prefer. Uh, been trying for a while to get the missus to watch this. Sorry, I'm just going to type out Pumpernickel Woodpecker. It's a good band name, too. Just so I remember, because I find if I don't write down the name of the episode when it comes up, I will forget to do so. Anyways, back to Mad Men. Season 1, episode 1 to 4 or 5, uh, the missus and I are, are chugging into. 
I feel bad for saying this, and hopefully, well, I guess one of the bonuses of uh, the Mrs. Not listening to this podcast is she didn't really want to watch the show, and I kind of talked her into it, and sort of a little bit regretting my talking into uh, <laughs> and sort of promising that uh, she would like it, because she definitely does not like it, and I'm sort of verging on not liking it as well. The whole problem with me so far, and maybe this is a sort of sign of the modern times, is that not much is happening. The pacing is just incredibly slow. Uh, There was, in the last episode, some interest of his brother showing up, but even that really kind of felt like it didn't pay off at all. He just sort of paid him to go away. Uh, The story, the television show, stars Don Draper, played by, what's his nuts? Uh, John Hamm. John Hamm, who uh, I should mention does a lot of podcasts, and friggin' bastard, super handsome by all accounts, and uh, what I can judge of John Hamm, <laughs> not his handsomeosity, but uh, his humor. Very, very funny dude. So, got both of those things going, lucky bastard. Whereas I just have the one, the handsomeness. Hmm. <sighs> anyways uh yeah so it starts him he works for an advertising agency back in the what is it the 50s and 60s and the story so far is not really a story at all per se other than sort of tidbits of things to come i suppose um there's Interactions between the characters are, I suppose, believable in the real-world sense. However, saying that, (laughs) it's almost so realistic that there's not a lot of interest. Like, you could totally picture all of these things that have happened in the show actually happening on a normal, let's underline normal, everyday kind of scenario, which... Is not really why people watch TV, I find. I find, at least, especially for myself, uh, I'm watching to escape from reality, and although my reality is not, of course, a 1950s ad exec, um, watching people interact in an office needs a little more than just that, people interacting in an office. So... Uh, I'm going to give it some more. Um, I may end up kind of thinking possibly going on without the missus. Like, maybe watch one, maybe two more episodes with her. But I'm not going to force her to watch it. Especially when I'm thinking that it's not the greatest so far. And I've seen shows with slow starts before that I ended up loving. Um, The Wire is a sort of prime example of that. So, potentially that can happen. And because... Uh, yeah, I think I could say this. Because so many people love the show so, so much and are just giant fans of it, and really I've heard very little bad about the show ever, uh, I think it deserves uh, a sort of plugging along and, and, and trying to seek enjoyment where yet there has to be really much of anything. So, you know what? Uh, if you've watched this show and can say that it gets better after these handful of episodes, please, please, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know that 
decimal system. Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is the Wally West Speed Dating Agency. Thank you, sponsor. Okay, so this is uh, part two in the Jacob Brumfield Leaning Sideways Comedian uh, saga, let's call it, because that's sort of what it's turning into. Sure, why not? Uh, I will say sort of on that note that uh, I'm pretty close to being done uh, number three as well, so uh, kind of exciting, uh, chugging along with these things and having fun doing so. Let's start with Jacob Brumfield Leaning Sideways Comedian Part 2, colon... Speed dating. Mm -hmm. Most men will reach a time in their lives where thoughts of love will overtake those of lust. These thoughts will always battle with one another, and the outcome is by no means guaranteed. However, lust is playing to win the battle, whereas love means to win the war. Jacob Brumfield had reached this crossroads in male evolution, or de-evolution, depending on who you ask. He had decided to make a play for love, and with that in mind, found himself about to undertake a round of speed dating. Jacob knew that each moment in his life was a very precious thing. This is why he would play video games and watch movies simultaneously, why he would have groceries delivered, why all his socks were the same so he could just reach into a drawer and grab any two and be good to go, why he would press 33 seconds on the microwave rather than 30. Why he had innumerable little tricks to shave off all those wasted seconds from daily life. Jacob's time was never something wasted, unless wasted in a way he had specifically chosen to waste it. Like watching Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan for the 20th time. In other words, Jacob believed that the way in which his brain worked was well suited to speed dating. Uh, another war went on within Jacob's mind. Shame and embarrassment fought with his desire for female companionship. What ended up tipping the scales in favor of this endeavor was that he knew that even if things went horribly awry, the potential to turn the whole thing into a stand-up comedy bit was always in the back of his mind. Hell, if things went really bad, he may even get a chunk out of it. One of Jacob's idiosyncrasies, let's call it, uh, is to always arrive early and carry a book with him wherever he went. In this particular case, it meant that he arrived about an hour before the speed dating was to commence. The venue was the sort of place that put Jacob at ease, or at least as at ease as he was ever in public. A dimly lit pub greeted him, and upon entering, he immediately headed to the bar in order to imbibe some social lubrication. On, uh, on his way to the bar, he noticed a woman struggling to move some tables. The potential exists that he would not have offered to help. However, she was both a brunette and had glasses on, which were among the top things he was consciously attracted to. Even that might not have done it. He was no longer the sex-crazed maniac of his youth, after all, but she also made eye contact. Eye contact from anyone struggling was among Jacob's kryptonite, and his nature would not let him move on without offering to help, if he could. Can I help you with that, he said. 
I would not say no to some help. Yes, definitely, the woman said, with what Jacob would later describe as a room-brightening smile. She went on, my ex-boyfriend was was supposed to help me set up for the speed dating event thing. She hit the word ex with such venomance that Jacob was momentarily at a loss for words. I er, am actually here for that. I'm a little early. Jacob was also a little flustered. Within him was the ability to feign being able to calmly and almost confidently talk to women. However, he needed to psych himself up to do so. Basically, an unexpected and unplanned interaction like this was not his forte. This aspect of his personality had permeated his life in many ways to such a degree that he had actually coined a term for it. Frog brain. Which uh, I think is a good spot to stop and we'll uh, continue in next episode cliffhanger. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is PSN Floating Platform Construction Company Limited. Boy, howdy, do we have a lot to talk about today in this Game Gavin segment. segment because uh, I've done one of my every once in a while cleanup of free PlayStation Plus games. What happens is um, PlayStation, if you are a PlayStation Plus member, will have each month... Uh, one, two, three, four, some games that you get for free. Uh, and for me, they sort of build up a little bit, and then I'll uh, tackle them all at once, and hopefully, like, at least some of them. For example, uh, Last Game Gabin's Valiant Hearts, which I do believe I gave a three or a four to. Can't remember, but I did enjoy it. Uh, in this episode, I played the remainder ones, the remaining ones that were with that same sort of batch and uh, did not care for these as much as that one. In fact, the sort of evidence that in this episode there's four of them and in that there was just one is sort of an indication that I played them enough to realize I probably wasn't going to have fun playing further and stopped. Oh, sadness. But uh, it doesn't hurt to talk of them nonetheless. And this is just me saying that I personally didn't care to play through these to their fullness. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you would not. Game number one is called Counter Spy. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Uh, I think probably the main problem with this game for me personally, and this has come up a handful of times on the show, is that uh, I don't really like stealth action. I I don't like to be forced to be stealthy in a video game. Uh, Quite often what happens uh, in games where there's the option of stealth or going in guns a-blazing is that I will... Uh, start off by going stealthy and then once my sort of patience has run out with that I'll start killing everything. In a game like this where it's sort of stealthy or you're dead 
uh, it kind of loses its luster fairly quickly for me, so I didn't really get into it too far. That being said, if you like a stealth game, this is probably unlike a lot of them. Uh, it's sort of a 2D side-scrollery, but uh, you can also go and jump into 3D. Uh, it's got a lot of different elements that I, I, I've never seen before in a game, per se, so I, I give it points for that. Uh, I'd, I'd have to go two, though, for my rating, just because I didn't really have a great amount of fun. Maybe played for, like, half hour, hour, if that, so... Okay, moving on to Tower of Guns. This game sounds really good. It sounds like a tower full of guns, and that is kind of, in essence, what it is. This one, I will say, I think out of all of these games, is one that I will potentially go back to, because I didn't really give it a fair shot... Um, I only played again for maybe half hour, hour, and wasn't having a sort of great amount of fun. You start out in the bottom of the tower and you're working your way up, um, killing things along the way with, you guessed it, guns. Uh, there's not much to it other than that. I don't think there's a story. <laughs> if there is, I didn't catch it because it was not really there. Um, I think the potential here, and the reason why I might go back, is I think you can get more powerful as you try your hand at the tower, then you'll fail, but then you become more powerful, and then maybe next time you'll get a little farther, and uh, that's sort of the idea. Whereas I just did it a couple times, and then I died, and I didn't really feel like... Because that was one of the, the sort of downfights. You die, you start back at the bottom, so... Meh... Okay, uh, next move on to one called Aru's Awakening. That's spelled A-A-R-U apostrophe S. Uh, pretty good. The, the, the highest praise I will give to this is the art style. Uh, very, very cool to look at. Uh, a lot of the sort of screenshots you could take from this, you could hang on your wall. As long as the coloring you wanted was uh, orange and yellow and red, <laughs> I guess I would say. Uh, again, sort of 2D side-scrollery platforming uh, at its mediocrest. Uh, again, there's some different elements that you don't see in all of these games, but uh, I didn't really have fun. I only paid, again, half hour, hour, if that. Okay, uh, moving on to the last game. This game I did play for the longest, and uh, it's called uh, Never Alone. What I wanted to say about this game is I potentially would have played longer, except I don't have the patience anymore for platforming where I reach a spot where I die 20 times. Uh, I'm not great at platforming. I find the older I get, the worse I get at it. And I'm going to blame some of it on patience, uh, some of it on the fact that, as I've mentioned innumerable times, I like to... Uh, watch a movie and play a video game at the same time, so when you're not paying 100% attention to a video game, and that means you're going to die over and over again, unless you do pay 100% attention, uh, that kind of loses me a little bit. So, uh, it's an interesting story though, because I don't think there exists a video game where the story is based on uh, sort of Eskimo... Uh, native, Inuit, whatever you want to say, 
uh, stories. So uh, it was good. The story was interesting, and it was pulling me in. Uh, and I did get to the point where, this is a bit of a spoiler, your fox buddy turns into a little ghost fox-child hybrid that flies around. So uh, kind of cool, kind of cool. And uh, I think out of all of them, especially from a sort of artistic standpoint, I would maybe recommend this um, the most. Oh, yeah, have I been giving out ratings? That Aru's one, give it like a one or a two, but give the art like a four or five. Uh, this one, give it a two or a three. Give the story a four out of a four, four out of five. It's very convoluted ratings, I know. Counter Spy, I already said. What was the other one? Tower of Guns. I didn't give it enough chance to even give a rating. Uh, the fact that I might go back means maybe a two or a three. Okay. There you go. Very convoluted. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is the Paul F. Tompkins Haberdasher Shop, with an E on the end. Okay, I have a handful of internet intercoursing to do here. Uh, The first one is one of those ones that, from time to time, I will bring back, despite the fact that it could fit in either television talk or internet intercourse. However, because Jimmy Kimmel Live is a television show that is on too late for me to watch on the actual TV. Also, the fact that uh, although the missus has cable in her room, I don't have cable anywhere, just at all. So I watch it on YouTube, or rather clips from the show on YouTube. So that's why I feel I can jam it in to this internet-related intercourse. Uh, Same with Conan. Uh, Same with uh, when Pete Holmes had a show, which I miss dearly. You know, they can go in these, please. He had on, um, and I feel like I haven't brought back Jimmy or Conan or what have you in quite a while, so it was due. And uh, the fact that he had on all of the Avengers from the movie, Avengers, mm -hmm, uh, was pretty cool. And I uh, highly recommend you go on YouTube, check out all the clips. Perhaps, in particular, if it will float your boat... Um, where he got the Avengers to play uh, Family Feud. So Avengers Family Feud. One thing I found funny about that, uh, and I don't know why this sticks out in my mind, but if you ever watch Family Feud, or lots of game shows for that matter, they'll have uh, name tags on. For some reason, Jimmy Kimmel with this, you know, multi-thousand million dollar show i don't know a lot of money spent on this program you got the goddamn avengers here which is gonna have like a billion dollar movie come out may 1st uh the name tags would not stick to any of them so they kept falling off (laughs) uh and that amused me like maybe pin them on or something instead of glue that doesn't stick so what ended up happening is a lot of the avengers just holding their hands over their name tags And that's another thing. Do you really need, after an interview with the Avengers, to have name tags on them? I don't know. Anyways, I don't know why I'm focusing so much on name tags. It doesn't make sense to talk about a Jimmy Kimmel Avengers interview and focus entirely on name tags. It is ridiculous. 
ridiculous. So I'm going to move on. Huh, you thought I was going to say more, but no, just going to move on. Uh, to Funny or Die. Yeah, recently added Funny or Die to my YouTube subscriptions. Uh, I figure I'm going to try it that way rather than what I would normally do is get the uh, Funny or Die email each week and then just watch whatever was in the email. So mixing it up a bit. Uh, this one was cool because it was uh, called Super Trooper Boot Camp, which... If you can understand each of those four words, you may know that they mean the movie Super Troopers and Boot Camp in the sense that they're gearing up to make Super Troopers too. So they need to get uh, back in shape if they were in fact in shape for Super Troopers 1. I don't know. I don't know. They've got to get back in drinking syrup shape. Uh, that's a good scene. And uh, that was real syrup too. I, I did hear them talk about that at one point in an interview a while back. Anyways, uh, what I did not realize about Super Troopers 2, uh, it is going to be made, and apparently it was crowdfunded, which uh, surprises me, because Super Troopers 1 such an incredibly popular movie, you think they could have got funding anywhere. Maybe, potentially, they wanted to do it that way so they could sort of keep it in their own hands and do whatever the hell they wanted, which um, excites me, that fact. So, you know, maybe that is that exciting okay uh, moving on to uh, something called crash course which is a series of videos on youtube uh in which uh, i think it's pbs sponsored if i do recall where they'll have a different subject each week and sort of delve into that uh kind of a little bill nye the science guy e uh i just watched to get a feel for it two of the I don't know if I want to say the more basic ones, but sure, the more basic ones, one about the moon and one about the sun. And I think they did a really good job of mixing it between uh, facts and interesting little tidbits for people who have never done any research on the moon on the sun and then things for people like me who've watched many things about the moon and the sun and little sort of things that I'd never heard before. Uh, so a, a, a good, a good happy medium, a good happy medium between those two spots. Okay. Uh, let's end this internet intercourse with last and most, not last, but not least last, but most yes. Important things happening. Uh, with Paul F. Tompkins, the great, the powerful, Mr. Paul F. Tompkins, uh, one of the funniest people uh, for my bang, for my buck, on the internet. That being said, that's maybe not the greatest compliment, as things on the internet generally free. So, if I were to have to pay, for, well, you do pay for the internet. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, I'm going to stick with. For my bang, for my buck, Paul of Tompkins, one of the funniest people on the internet. Uh, he's got a, a podcast called Speakeasy, which I love. Um, it's on YouTube. Uh, he interviewed Andy Daly, who, just incredibly funny dude as well. Uh, those two together are like peanut butter and jam. Paul of Tompkins and Andy Daly together doing anything... Uh, it is impossible for it to be bad. Just so, so, so oozing funny and witty and smart humor and dumb humor. <laughs> and just humor galore. So I uh, wanted to mention that. 
but the sort of main Paul F. Tompkins related thing that I wanted to bring up here to end this podcast is he's got a new venture uh, available on iTunes as well this is hey look at that we're both in the same medium which sort of boggles my mind you can listen to this piece of shit or go over to the same place and listen to his newest endeavor a podcast called Spontaneation um very very cool idea he sort of comes I, I don't know if he comes <laughs> gross if he comes from a improv background I think that's kind of safe to say and uh, what the podcast is is he'll sit down with someone like your your Andy Daly uh, have a brief little chat and then whatever sort of comes to fruition from that chat him and a group of improvisers will turn into a sort of long form uh, brief long form brief if that makes sense a long form brief story um i've only listened to the first one and i think i'm about halfway through the second one and <clears throat> it's turning out to be one of the funniest things i've heard uh which kind of makes sense for the other reason that comedy bang bang being the funniest podcast that i've listened to that consistently consistently makes me laugh until I have tears in my eyes, which is unsafe because I'm driving while listening to these, so one day I will die laughing. Uh, now it's happening, I think, again with this. Uh, oh yeah, because Paul Tompkins on Comedy Bang Bang quite often, is what I was saying there, folks. That will leave one final thing to say, which is, of course, the always final thing to say, which is, it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper